Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Welcome to Jesus the Healer. We're so glad that you could join us today. Right behind me, you'll see something that's a little bit uh, new for us. And uh, I wanted to bring you to a place that's really special for me, something more intimate, a different intimate setting to be with you in. And uh, this is our ranch in in Colorado here in the United States. And uh, we have a home that's just down the other side of the pasture. But right behind me is a one-room cabin that my son built for me so that when we have guests staying with us at the home, I can come up to this one-room cabin and have some place to be alone. So welcome. We're glad that you could join us here, and we love bringing you here. Get your Bible and go and follow along with me, if you would. Turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 4 in verse 16. I love this verse and it re, it's regarding uh, praying. It's regarding spending time with God. And uh, so I want us to read it together. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. And it says this, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now think of the words of that. Think of this divine invitation that we've received from the throne. Come boldly to the throne. Notice this. We are invited to have an audience with the throne. You know, if you could think of all the people in the world that you would like to meet and spend time with, there might be someone that you admire and that uh, in the business world or someone in in some kind of uh, any kind of uh, a field of study. And you say, I would love to spend time with them. I would love to meet them. Think of this. God offers himself and he says, come boldly to the throne talk about a grand invitation. There's no more grand invitation than we could receive than to come and spend time at the throne, to have an audience with the throne, an audience with God himself. Now notice this. He says, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain. So notice this. The throne is the place of obtaining that when we go into the presence of God, that we go there by faith. We know this, our body, you get up in the morning and you can't say, oh, I can see, I can see the throne. No, we go there by faith that he invites us that when we by our faith, release our faith, we talk to him. He says, you can consider yourself. You're right before my throne. And that's how, that's where our authority with him and our place in Christ puts us right at his throne. And so he says, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain. So notice this, nothing goes unanswered at the throne. There is no no need that goes unmet at the throne. If you bring that need to the throne, that is the place of obtaining. There, it, The throne is the place of supply. So when you need a supply from God, know this, that you can access the supply. Now, we know this, that the supply that he has for us is in our life, is in the earth. It's already all the money you're ever going to need. It's in the earth. Uh, maybe help you need, the home you need, the job you need. It's in the earth. But notice this, that supply that's in the earth for you, the, the authoring place of that supply came from the throne that we can go and we can realize that the throne is the place, the source that all of our supply comes from. So we 
Understand this when he says, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain. Nothing goes unanswered at the throne. And know this, nothing is a struggle at the throne. Everything becomes easy. Everything becomes simple. When we are mindful that we're in his presence, nothing is hard for God. In our own lives, there are things that can seem overwhelming. There are things that can seem hard to solve. Sometimes in our own lives, we can get things so complicated. Situations can be so tangled up. Circumstances can be so tangled up. But can I tell you this? For God, all things are easy. All things are simple. Nothing is complicated in his presence. So we take time to get in his presence. That's the place that you're going to obtain the things you need from God. I so love what I heard one woman say years and years ago. She was, she wasn't a preacher. She wasn't a teacher. She was someone who absolutely loved to pray and she was so skillful in her prayer life. Know this. No one is called to pray in the sense of someone may have a special calling. Every one of God's children are invited to pray. Uh, it's not that someone has a calling to it and so they get results. No, it's just that the more someone gives themselves to prayer, the more skillful they will become in it. And this woman, she spent much time in prayer and she had become so skillful in prayer. And I love what she said one time. She said, so much of the time people are talking to God and saying, give me this, give me this, give me that. And she said, they're always talking about, give me something. And she said, if you would take time to get in his presence, you would already, it would already be, give me. That means you would already receive what you need. In his presence is the place where we obtain and lay hold of the things that we need by faith. And so his presence is the place to come. And this is what this verse is telling us. Come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain. Now, I want to I want to state something that really is probably common to most humans. And that's this is how many times when we need something, we run to people. We go to the boss, we go to our parent, we go to a relative, we go to somebody and we're trying to get what our needs met by going to somebody here on earth. God is saying, don't get into the mindset of looking to people to be your source, to put pressure on people so that you can receive. He invites you, come to the throne and you can obtain what you need there at the throne. So I want you to say, I want you to see this. He invites you to come. And uh, that means to come into his presence. Like I said, no, you won't physically see yourself at the throne, but by faith, we go there. By faith, we understand that when we're talking with God, we are at his throne. And uh, I want you to see what it says again in Hebrews chapter four, verse 16. Come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain. So notice we're invited to come boldly to the throne. But it notice this, it never tells us when to leave. He says, come, but there's never a time that you're instructed of how long you can be there. So notice that he leaves it up to you how long you want to come and spend time in his presence. He's not the one who determines how long you spend in his presence. He lets you determine that. So we need to take advantage to come and not be in a hurry to leave. And learn to, if I could say this, conduct living in that place of being aware of God's presence. 
We can come uh, as long as, as often as we want and stay as long as we will. So it also says in this verse, come boldly to the throne of grace. I will. I want to say this to you and help you to understand something about boldness. Boldness is important. The anointing meets boldness. The bolder you are, the greater the degree of anointing that will begin to flow. The reason he says come boldly is because that shows that someone is not coming with a sin consciousness. They're not coming mindful of weaknesses and faults and failures. As humans, we all have natural weaknesses, faults and failures and shortcomings. But if we let those things be what we think about all the time, we won't come to God boldly. We'll come almost with a thought of cowering down or uh, drawing back. We won't be bold in our faith. But we need to be bold in our faith because the bolder we are, the greater the anointing that we will we will tap into. So he says, come boldly to the throne of grace. And notice this. We can come boldly because we're cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Yes, in our flesh, there may be shortcomings and faults and weaknesses and failures, things that of the past that we might have not been very proud of. But the blood of Jesus cleanses all of that. And we can come boldly for one reason, because we're cleansed by the blood of Jesus. The Jesus made us right with God so that God wants us to come to come to him mindful of who we are in Christ, not mindful of faults, not mindful of failures, not mindful of weaknesses. Can I say this to you? Uh, if you sin, if you miss God, if you do wrong, immediately, absolutely repent. But every time you come and talk to God, it should not start with a repentance because if we are just constantly aware, oh God, you know, I'm, I just miss it so much. Oh my goodness. You know, I'm so aware of my faults and failures. You're not ever going to have a boldness of faith with that approach that if we live uh sin conscious, mindful of that sin conscious, then we're not being mindful of who he has made us to be in Christ. So we should, yes, absolutely, when we miss it, when we sin, we should repent. But from then on, we are to approach God with a boldness. And that pleases him because he tells us that's the the proper attitude and the proper way to approach him. I remember a vision that my husband had years and years ago. In this vision, uh, well, let me tell you the setting of how the vision happened. He was on the road preaching. My husband traveled and he preached uh, for almost 50 years. And um, he his, his primary ministry was a traveling ministry. And so one night he was in a church and they had had a healing service and many people were healed and it was just a powerful service. Well, he went back to the hotel and he's getting ready for bed. And while he's getting ready for bed, of course, the accuser of the brethren, the devil is called the accuser of the brethren. And he will bring to your memory 
and he'll bring up to you all the things you've done wrong, all the things where you've missed it. And so when he went to the hotel room, he was flooded with all these thoughts. Well, you missed it. And, you know, you you didn't preach very, very good in your sermon. You messed this up. You messed that up. You could have done this better. You should have said this better. You could have said this differently. And all these accusations were flooding his mind. Well, see, that's what the enemy does. Anything that puts you down, anything that accuses you, anything that makes you feel uh, less than, all of that comes from the enemy. He is called the accuser of the brethren. And so my husband got under the flow of those thoughts and he was, yeah, you know, I, I really messed up my words tonight or, you know, I could have done better. I didn't say that well. I didn't explain that well. And he was joining in on this and getting down on himself. And so uh, the next morning, I mean, it lasted that night and it lasted the next morning. And I'll let you in on this. Maybe you've seen this about your own life and realize this. Anytime there's been a victory, anytime there's been advancement spiritually, anytime there's you bear fruit for God, the devil is going to always be right on hand to accuse you with somewhere where you missed it. Anytime you have a victory, the accuser of the brethren is always going to give you thoughts of what you could have done different, how you could have done better, because the devil hates your victory. He's going to attack your victory. And that's what happened. My husband had had a service where many people were blessed and the devil was not going to let that go unattended. He was going to attack my husband with that. So you have to guard your thought life. Don't allow your mind to turn over and over in your thought life those accusations and condemnations and the, those things that put you down. And that's what my husband fell into that flow. The next morning he woke up and he was still under the cloud of that. So he's getting ready in the morning. He said he was in the restroom and he was shaving. And all these thoughts are just rolling around and around in his head. How many of you know the reason they kept rolling is because he took the thought. Learn to recognize a thought that is, a, that is from the accuser and resist it. God is not dealing with you through accusations. That's how the devil deals with you. You will, when God is dealing with you, there's a conviction in your heart that comes. Your own spirit will convict you that you did wrong and then you repent if you've done wrong. But when there's accusations that just roll over one right after the, uh, right after another against your mind, you know that that's not, that's not coming from God. He doesn't deal with you on the basis of accusations. You know, that's the enemy and it's to be rejected and resisted. And these thoughts, my husband had taken them in and they were rolling around and around in his mind and they were troubling him. Listen, anytime God deals with you, it won't trouble you. You may be aware that he's dealing with you about a correction to make, but it won't trouble you. This That morning, my husband's mind was being troubled and he just fell into the flow of that and he's shaving and he's weeping before God. And he says, God, yeah, I missed it. You know, I, I my words, I messed up my words so much last night. I could have done this better. I could have said this better. And he's joining in on these thoughts. And while he's doing that, all of a sudden he has a vision and he sees a bust of himself. Just like if you went into a museum and you saw a bust of a historical figure, that's what God showed my husband. He showed him a bust of himself and it, that bust 
God said, this is you. And Ed said, I realized that it was an exact image of him. Then all of a sudden a hammer came and hit the top of that bust and cracks went all through that. And Ed said, that's what I'm telling you, God. He recognized that God was showing him all his faults, all of his failures, that they appeared as cracks in the vision on that bust. And Ed said, yeah, I know. And he's weeping. Yeah, I know. Those are all my faults, my failures, my weaknesses. And then he said, as he looked at the vision, all of a sudden he saw blood oozing out and filling in all those cracks. And God said to him, he said, the blood of Jesus covers you. The blood of Jesus cleanses you from all of those things that are your weaknesses, your faults and failures. See, God doesn't see us with cracks. God sees us made whole by the blood. And that's why he says, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain. Notice this. God wants you to obtain. He doesn't want your needs unmet. He wants you to obtain what you need from him. But if we don't come boldly, we're showing him we're not mindful of what the blood of Jesus has done for us. We are to, we are to come boldly because we know, not because we have done everything right, but because Jesus did everything right. I'm going to say that again. We can come boldly to the throne, not because we have done everything right, but because Jesus did everything right. And we receive of that righteousness that Jesus made ours. He made us right so we can come boldly. I want to read to you out of Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 25. It says, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember your sins. Notice this. God He blots out our transgression. How does he do that? With the blood of Jesus. They are washed away. They're cleansed away. And notice this. He says, I do that for my own sake. Why? He wants to work through us. He wants to live in us. He wants to express himself through us. He wants to, he wants us to yield to him. So he can only do that through a cleansed vessel. So he cleanses us so that he can fill us with himself and manifest himself through us. But also so we can have access. He cleanses us so we can have access to him. Listen, our father created man because he wanted a family. He wants to have fellowship with you. He wants to have fellowship with his children. And so just so he can fellowship with us, he cleanses us by the blood of Jesus so that we have free access to his presence. So here in Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 25, I, even I, I'm he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake. Well, if they're blotted out, they're not there anymore. And then he goes on and says, I will not remember your sins. Notice this word, I will not. It is an action of his will. It's not based on feelings. It's based on his will. He has chosen to not remember what he's cleansed you of. Once it's cleansed, it's not even in existence anymore to remember. He doesn't want you to remember it. Once you repent, Once the blood of Jesus washes you, it says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Notice this. Once we acknowledge, Father, I missed it. I repent. 
I thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses me now. And then repentance means you you change. You don't have an intention of repeating that over and over. It's a false repentance to say you're sorry and repent, but you intend to keep doing that. (laughs) That's false repentance. But when we truly repent before God, we are making a change and the blood of Jesus cleanses us when we repent. And so since God says, I won't remember it anymore, he doesn't want you to remember it. Why? Because if you remember all the places you've missed it, you'll draw back from God. He is so holy. He is so righteous that if you li- if you have a mentality of unrighteousness, you will draw back from him. But we have to realize Jesus is our righteousness. So we are to renew our minds that we are righteous. We're not going to be righteous when we get to heaven. He's made us righteous now. And this is the way he invites us and wants us to approach him in his presence. God wants us to be bold in his presence, not pushed down, not weighed down, not held back by sin consciousness, but we're to be blood conscious, cleansed conscious that we have been cleansed. Why? Because the anointing meets boldness. And then, as I said in Hebrews 4, verse 16, it says, let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain. Notice this. The throne is the place of obtaining anything. Anytime you need something, don't put pressure on people. Come to the throne and you can receive what you need. The throne is the source of all that you're going to need. I want you to know no matter what need you may have or what need will show up in your life, God is the source of your of your supply. He's already made provision so we can come boldly to the throne. Now, we are to come boldly to the throne so that we may obtain. But I want you to know for ourselves, but I want you to know we can also obtain for others. You know, not everybody has been taught some of the things of the word that you've been taught. Not everybody's been taught some of the things that you've heard even in this broadcast today. They don't know that God wants to have fellowship with them. They don't know that God invites them to come into his presence, to come to his throne and receive their needs met. They don't know that, but you know that. And so God will allow you to use your faith to bring others into the supply that they need. You know, others need to, God wants you to receive what you need, but he wants others to also receive what they need. However, not everyone knows to come to the throne so we can, as I said, we can come on the other's behalf. You know, if I invited someone to come to my home and they didn't know how to get there, I could do one of two things. I could give them instructions of how to get there, tell them, the directions of how to get there. Or I could say, you know what? I'll come pick you up and I'll drive you myself. Now, if you didn't have a vehicle and if you didn't have a car to get to my house, then I would have to come and pick you up and I would drive you and you would arrive at my house based on what I know. You might not even know how to get there. You know, I travel all over the world and I get to places that I don't know how to get to these locations, but I ride with people who know how. 
And I want you to know that when you know how to approach the throne of God, not only can you bring your life to his throne, but you can bring others who don't know how to come to the throne of God. You can come and bring them before God. Let me give you an example real quick, if I could. There's a woman that a woman minister that one time she was conducting a, she was in a service and a woman that was, that was terminally ill was in that service. And, uh, she said, I understand that you're talking about healing, but she says, this is all new to me. I don't know how to receive healing. I've never heard it preached until today. And she says, I need to receive my healing, but I don't know how to. And this woman minister just took her side and it was so precious. She said, you know something, if I can get you to agree with me, to go with me to the throne, we will pray and I will agree with you in prayer. If you will give me the right to agree with you in prayer and use my faith in your behalf, I don't know how to heal you, but I know how to get you to the throne. I know how to take you into the presence of the Father so that you can receive the healing you need. So this woman said, absolutely, I'll agree with you as you pray. And so the woman minister just began to worship the Lord. And so this sick woman just began to worship the Lord and they just worshiped and worshiped. Why did they do that? Because the word says that we come to his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. So notice the way we approach the throne is through worshiping and praising God. And that's what this minister knew. And that's what she did. She began to worship and praise. And when you do that, you approach and you come into you come up to the throne. You come up to the presence of God. That sick woman didn't know that. But this this minister took her with her into took this sick woman with her into the presence of God. And they worshiped God together and they stayed before the throne just worshiping. Why? Because that's the place of obtaining. Come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain. So they began to worship and worship God together. And they did that for some time. And because they did that together, this woman's faith was uh, it, this woman's faith was, if I could say this, stirred and she began to worship God and worship God. And she became more mindful of God than she did of her own need, of her own sickness, of her own condition. And they spent time worshiping for a period of time there together. And after that time, maybe 30 minutes or so, the woman who had been ill said, oh, The pain is gone from my body. Oh my goodness, the pain is gone. What was that? Come boldly to the throne. Come to his presence that you may obtain. And this precious minister who knew how to access the throne, who knew how to go to the presence of God by worshiping God, get in his presence. She knew how to bring this other with her. I want you to know that the place of obtaining at the throne is for your needs, but it's also for the needs of others. So don't forget to bring the needs of others. Bring people, if I could say this, bring their needs to the throne because there are answers at the throne for needs of people. It's such a blessing. What a royal invitation we have when he says, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain and find grace to help in the time of need. Help belongs to us. Supply belongs to us. 
Answers belong to us and everything is easy at the throne. So take time every day to worship God and come into his presence. And if I could say that, say this, live mindful of his presence. You don't ever have to leave the awareness of his presence because he's on the inside of you. God bless you. I'm so grateful you joined us. We look forward to next time. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.